Welcome to the Painless Podcast. Goal for each Painless Podcast is to connect with and get to know great people in sports, events, startup, and cause marketing. This is Chris Hartwig from Painless Networking here. Visit us anytime at painless.network. I will tell you a little bit about today's guest, Gene Honda, in just a sec, but a quick business note first. This week's Painless Podcast sponsor is the Neighborhood Factor Marketing Conference, which is coming to Chicago's Wicker Park next Tuesday, April 4th. The folks at DNA Info will be sharing some game-changing data and insights on how you can better connect your brand with consumers. How? Leveraging Neighborhoods. Check it out at nhbdfactor.com. Register now and save 50 bucks. Just use the code PAINLESS at nhbdfactor.com. Thank you to Neighborhood Factor Marketing Conference. All right, today's guest, Gene, the voice, Honda. He's got the pipes, does a great job. And if you watch sports or PBS in Chicago, you probably know Gene Honda. Among other things, Gene is the public address announcer for the White Sox, the Blackhawks, Illinois football, DePaul basketball, Big Ten basketball tournaments at the United Center, the Maui Invitational, and the Chicago Marathon, and the Chicago Shamrock Shuffle. And this weekend, he won't be at the Shuffle because he'll be at the Final Four in Arizona, and then back next week at the United Center for the Frozen Four. Gene talks about how he's landed all these jobs, how he works to improve himself every day, how he stays focused at huge nationally televised events, including a great story about his first Final Four at the Superdome. Gene and I met up at the Piggery, great bar and restaurant at Irving Park in Ashland in Chicago, thanks to those guys for hosting us. It was on that beautiful 80-degree day last Friday, so you'll have to excuse some background noise of folks starting their weekend a little early, and uh, that place being a Badger bar, there were... Quite a few Wisconsin fans filing in and prepping for that uh, unfortunate loss, but an awesome uh, overtime game with Florida last Friday night. So please excuse that noise. All right, all right, all right, enough. Let's get connected with The Voice, Gene Honda, on The Painless Podcast. Welcome, Gene, to The Painless Podcast. Welcome to the Piggery. Thanks for coming here. That's right. My, my, my home away from home. If you, anybody wants to buy Gene a drink, this is this is one of several places you can do it. <laughs> this is my favorite post-game place. See? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a there's a hot tip. Um, what I like to do here in, in starting off on the podcast is talking a little bit about what shapes people. Where did you come from? Where did you grow up? Are you, were you born in Chicago? Just north of here uh, in Andersonville. Uh, it's still close to where I live. It's still home. It's just, I started in school as, a, as a, to be an engineer, and then something went wrong. <laughs> something, something went awry. So, something went completely off. Yes. You went to, so you went to Chicago Public Schools? Yes. And where'd you go to school? Set High School, right here Set, on the north right. side. Uh, again, just, just right by Edgewater. And uh, from there, I went to University of Illinois. Again, to be an engineer. To be an engineer. Yeah. Well, and that's where... Um, <clears throat> The engineer went, went off the tracks. Yeah, you yes. went way off the rails. Oh, 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 oh. So uh, this is a great story. I mean, you you got involved with WPGU, the radio yep. station down there. How, how did that How did that come about? Was so, that more from an engineering perspective? No, it was, it was my father. And, and part of this is a joke, not really. But um, Dad's advice was, 
Anytime you can enhance your ability to speak in public, do it, because you'll be a better professional. Funny thing about what he said is, I think it's more true now than it's ever been. He was right then, he's more correct now. It's one of those things that they don't really teach in school. It's one of those things you're supposed to, I think, acquire on your own. Good luck with that, by the way. Dad met take a speech class. Right. His idiot son decides to wander <laughs> into the basement of the radio station there, and there were two motivations. One, to follow Dad's advice, and two, to meet girls. So far, I'm batting 500, which still gets me into Cooperstown. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so how did you, uh, and, and it was to be an on-air person, not, not well, so much from to get, If you're going to get experience speaking in public, right? here's the way to do it. If you're going to do it, do it grand. What I didn't expect was that someone was going to offer me money to actually do it. Mm -hmm. And then you start thinking, all right, let's see how long I can do this. <laughs> right. And the answer in Champagne was seven years, not just at the college station, but then I got two offers to work in town, took both, and then wound up staying with one for almost six years. And then kind of engineering absolutely fell by the wayside. Like Completely. You went and we're doing two jobs yeah. and we're enjoying doing that. Yeah. And stopped. You know, you're you're still you're still an undergrad at U of I right now, right? Technically, Technically. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's but that's actually I think kind of an important point, though. Stay in school, kids, still applies. But I mean, you then enjoyed this, made the money doing it, and made a nice well, career out of it that you stuck with it, right? The toughest thing is, and now no offense to your podcast, but to tell students. You got to get on the air. If you want to be in this business, you've got to get on the air someplace. We're sitting in currently the third largest market in the United States. That's a dangerous thing to be in because you're not going to get a chance to start here. Okay, you're going to have to go someplace, but get on the air. And in many ways, that experience, those six years in Champaign, were invaluable. There were so many things that they forced you to do at a small radio station that you now get to use in one way or another. I would not have had that experience without those six years there. It's a joke, and I'm stealing this from John Hansen, who also was a, a, an Illini and now is on Channel 26. But I got my undergraduate at WPGU. I got my graduate at WKIO. And with any luck, I keep learning. Now, if, if I'm remembering the story correctly, then you had a, was it a job offer in Chicago? And that's yeah, how you, you know, I came got to back a point, to Chicago? Yeah, I got to a point where I didn't think I was going to advance anymore as, as a broadcaster. And I thought, time to grow up, get a real job. Got a job with a marketing firm here in Chicago. And then I did something rather stupid. <laughs> I was listening to the radio one night, heard a familiar voice. And I called him to say, hey, I was on expense account. The true story is I had a membership at the Playboy Club because I was working for the Playboy channel. I said, hey, come on to the Playboy Club. I'll buy you dinner. And he said, no, get your rear in here. We need a weekend part-timer. You'd be perfect for it. Took me about two weeks to figure out, okay, maybe I'll do this after all. Went in, made the audition tape, started on weekends. And what station was that? It was WLAK at the time. Oh, okay. It's now WLIT. Yep. And so I started there, and then come December, I only lasted 10 months total at the marketing job. And in December, I got offered a full-time slot, and then I took it. And I was there 
holy smokes, 16 years. And you were doing, you had your own slot as an on-air person, yeah. and then you were doing studio commercial voice yep. work as well, right? Yep. And what time frame was that? I'm trying to think. 1984. Okay. And when did the White Sox... That was, was February first? of 85. Um, okay. I was doing mornings. They moved me from being nighttime to being on the air in the morning. So I was looking at the morning paper, and there was, here's an old term for you, a one-inch column story. <laughs> no one knows what those are anymore. Right. A one-inch column story, by the way, means it's a column that's one inch wide. But it said, quote, the White Sox have lost the service of their public address announcer. And that was basically it. I called the White Sox, said I'd like to audition. They said, send us a tape. I did. So did about 500 other people. This is long before the internet. They listened to all the tapes. I got picked. And it was strictly to be able to find a way to get my name out. I was okay. hoping to be one of the finalists. Yeah. I didn't expect to get the job, but I got it. What did you do out of curiosity? Like, what, what did you put on that tape? Okay. Um, it's what I tell other broadcasting people. If you have the ability, like you do with the equipment in front of us, to make your own stuff, customize it for what you're applying for. Mm -hmm. I was working for what's now considered a soft adult contemporary station. If they would have heard that voice, I don't think we'd be having this conversation right now. So don't. I duplicated what I would sound like in the ballpark with crowd noise, lineups, motorcycles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I even had an album of Nancy Faust, their organist, Oh, recorded live at Comiskey that's Park. Right. That's right. And I even dropped that in there. Mix it all together. Sell it off. And then when, did you have to go in to, was Comiskey at the time, and then do another uh, nope. audition? Nope. They just named you they the hired, winner. They hired me off the tape. Wow. And uh, for the full season, the full 85 season, right? That was Ozzie Guillen's rookie year as a player, Yes. And that provided some fun because was that the first year or was it after he played a while that then he talked about changing, pronouncing his name? Yeah, there was that too. <laughs> you know, I, but, well, the media guy said his name is Ozzie Guillen. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, about a month into the season, it became Ozzie Guillen. So today there's only one person who still calls him Ozzie Guillen. And it's because he did an NBC game of the week at the ballpark. Asked him. The answer he got was Guillen. Bob Costas today still uh -huh. calls him Ozzy Gijen. Right. Well, that, uh, yeah, it's very different these days. In the past, at that point, they were still, you weren't even necessarily asking the athletes. It was just, they took it from the media guide or yeah. what was assumed as a pronunciation, yeah. right? Yeah. So you were then doing 81 home games. Yep. And how did you, not having done something like that before, right? So you didn't do that in well, Champaign? I did some stuff or, in Champaign. Oh, you did? Uh, for Illinois hockey a little bit of Illinois basketball, and that was about it. Um, I did get to do play-by-play -play for a football game in Champaign, but that doesn't equate to this. Right, right. So then, you know, how did, were you super nervous? 
those, oh, yeah. for how long did that last? And you know, how did you get yourself into a rhythm for something like that? Because there's, I don't think for people listening that how many different, you know, scripts at a White Sox game, I mean, maybe it was more or less then, or very different then. Probably but, less. But Probably. I mean, there's so many different spots during the game, not just announcing the lineup and pitching changes, but... Yeah, you learn quickly that your role there is not limited to announcing players and names. You learn very quickly that you are part of the marketing department because we have advertisers. They have promotional reads that you have to do. By the way, I included that in the audition, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I always tell you know, people ask, well, I want to be a PA announcer. And then they try to impress you by how they announce names. I go, just talk. Because A, what's going to happen when you have to read that Coca-Cola mention? B, and unfortunately this will happen. At some point in time, you're going to have to read a tribute or an obituary. Mm-hmm. You're going to read that the same way you just screamed out someone's name? That's going to sound really nice doesn't work no no <laughs> so you, you you start combining things you combine your your enthusiasm as a fan with your experience as a broadcaster and somewhere in the middle the two of them actually collide with each other and then you know so kind of having that thrown at you back in 85 and finding your voice how how else did you hone your skills with that? Because I mean, now we, you know, we talked about it. You're not just the White Sox, but the Blackhawks. You do some DePaul basketball, Illinois football, a little bit of everything, right? The marathon and the Shamrock Shuffle. We'll hear you there. You're the Maui Invitational. You're brought out there. Yeah, what's changed over the years is is that I guess now you have a reputation, so you'd better at least do what they expect. And then customize it to what the situation requires. When I do the Final Four, when I do Maui, you're neutral. Mm-hmm. It's, and I like the NCAA's definition, equal enthusiasm. <laughs> so whatever you do, make it the same for each player, each mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's different if you're the home announcer for the White Sox, for the right. Blackhawks, for DePaul. You're allowed to be a homer. You're supposed to be a homer. Mm-hmm. You better be a homer. Illinois football, same thing. Do you feel a difference, for example, with Illinois having being a, a uh, you know attending school there and being a fan of the school? Does that actually make it harder? Do you have to check yourself on something like that? Check yourself, maybe. Uh, I was just thinking that in many ways, what you wind up doing is putting a little more pressure on yourself. Huh, yeah. In in that, uh, okay, they have certain expectations, and I still have a lot of friends, classmates, former coworkers, whatever. Um, you don't want to disappoint them either. Yeah, right. And the, 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 you, you could put pressure on yourself. Sure. That way. Well, and it, it's <laughs> it's been a, as a fan, <laughs> we both being Illini fans for a long time this has not been a good stretch in, in football. And so, you know, it, it's, I could almost see that 
at least somebody like me doing that, that frustration could actually work against you that you're, you're not as enthusiastic and you don't get to be a homer or give any kind of home field advantage. But let me turn that again the other way. Uh-huh. That's what they hired you for. Right. I don't earn my money when Illinois is on a successful drive, um, when the White Sox are up. You earn your money to be enthusiastic at the right time when things aren't going well. You have to be, consider this. Yeah. For baseball, let's just say it's, it's, it's a cold night in April. There aren't a lot of people in the stadium. You're down eight runs in the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> Two outs. That doesn't happen. In, bases empty. In Chicago baseball. You still have to introduce that batter as if he can tie the game up with one swing. You know that's not possible, but it's your job to present that enthusiasm in that situation. Sure. That's where you earn your money. Right. It's easy. It's easy winning large crowds, the momentum and the enthusiasm. It's easy. You're right. That's that's an interesting point. That's where you make your money because you're there and it's it's keep everybody up. Are you a professional? And you're going to answer that question in front of a lot of people. <laughs> right. Right. Well, hopefully a lot of people. Yeah. Sometimes the place isn't quite so full. But, eh, there's still people. But there's still people there. Yeah. Right. Well, and to you, I know as a air quotes professional, though, it wouldn't matter if there wasn't anybody there no. because. Right. Do you, are there any tricks like that that you do that? I've given you a lot of grief about, focus on the game. say, the Final Four. Yeah, you know, you with, focus, you know okay. the TV audience, and Jim Nance kicks it to Gene Honda. Yeah. And, right? I mean, not, now I'm gonna, not anymore, but <laughs> uh, CBS is taking over the intros by themselves. You have to almost get tunnel vision and focus on the game. The Final Four is a good example of that. You're sitting at center court in a building with 70,000 fans. Mm-hmm. You want to watch the fans? Go right ahead. You're better off to just focus on the game. Your field of vision narrows. Your concentration narrows. And then over time, it, it expands, which is also fun. Now you start to see some other peripheral things. Uh, but for the most part, you focus on the game. You focus on what's going on in the court. But, so, but how did you do that as a trick for, again, people listening? I'd imagine, like, how the heck do you do that the first time you were doing the final four i mean i guess that's what makes you good because i know i would love to do that gig but i would also probably be wetting my pants just being in that moment and not having experience at that amount of eyeballs and and ears on you right first final four was 2003 in new orleans at the superdome which is a cavern yeah i mean that thing's huge I sit down for, I think it was for the first semifinal game. And I'm looking around going, what have I gotten myself into? My father was still alive. Uh, We had just lost our mother. And I look up, and there was my father sitting next to my sister in the stands. Oh, come on. And he actually had a smile on his face. And I thought, this is why you're here. Do your job, and then all of a sudden your concentration, your focus comes back into play, and now I'm heading to do my 15th Final Four. Wow. So rather than – that's 
That's amazing, man. Oh, like, that was just lucky. It's just, well, well <laughs> maybe. But, I mean, you took that, and rather than completely l- losing it. Freaking out, which is right. also an option. No, it is, right? <laughs> sure it is. Is that it snapped sure you it in. You found yep. something to snap yourself back yep. in. And that was it. And that's whether you're announcing or you're playing. Yep. I mean, I'm sure a lot of players would have some kind of a, a story to relate you, like yeah, you've got to. Yeah, you've got to focus in on what you're supposed to be doing. And at some point in time, something, some switch gets hit. And if you're lucky, you find it. And how did the, you, you've done uh, a whole bunch of Big Ten tournaments. You weren't this year between scheduling conflicts and it yeah. being in D.C., for example. Yeah. But you've done the Big Ten tournament a bunch. You've done NCAA regionals here. Yep. And is that how, I mean, how did you end up being, you know, it's again, a lot of people uh, jealous, I'm sure, of getting to do the final four. That's kind of a pinnacle of, of yep. public address work. How did you stand out amongst all the other men and women that are out there doing a great job? I was at a wedding in Iowa. Good friend of mine used to be the sports information director here at DePaul. And we're at the reception. I've had a few. I've, I've never seen that before. It's early today when we're taping this. Right. There's still it's, plenty it's, of time. It's, it's not quite noon yet, so we're showing some restraint. At well, 12.01, we're going to lose all that restraint. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm at the bar. Gentleman comes up to me and says, uh, I've heard you do DePaul games. You do a very nice job. I said, thank you. Said, Would you be interested in doing the final four? Now, you and I have known each other a long time. In that millisecond, part of me wanted to say, how many have you had? Yeah, right. Come on. Where's the camera? Where's it, right? And it's a good thing I didn't answer that way because he was serious. Two months later, the NCAA contacted DePaul. Do you have any tape of him? We made a tape at one of the exhibition games. We just dead rolled a cassette. Hmm. And let it fly. A month after that, I got a letter from the NCAA inviting me to the Final Four. A letter. That's old school. NCAA, old school. <laughs> I still get a letter each year. Really? As a matter of fact, the gentleman who runs it is named Ron English. And this year, I got my Ron English letter <laughs> back in February. <laughs> and I know I'm not invited back until I get my Ron All English right. letter. Yeah. Give, give us a little bit of this lead up here. We're recording this on, what are we, March 24th. Yep. When do you go to Phoenix? When do you, okay. you know, how do you prep yourself? Uh, I'll leave for Phoenix on Thursday the 30th, arrive there. There's a wonderful event the NCAA hosts uh, called a Salute, and uh, I'll attend that. Before I get there, I'm doing pre-records on Monday that will be used at Salute. Saturday night, so this is now the 25th. We'll know two of the final four teams. Mm -hmm. Sunday morning, I'll start looking up their names. The internet does have some value. Uh, The websites give you pronunciation help. I'll start that way. Same thing Monday morning, after we find out the final final two schools. Then on Friday, the day before, this is March 31st this year, the NCAA has an open practice date at the venue for all four schools. They get one hour on the clock on the court. Mm-hmm. Once the horn sounds, get off. Yeah, you're gone. Yep. All I do there is introduce the team when they take the court, introduce the players. So I need the pronunciations for that. 
But that also gives me a chance to be able to meet with their school officials to make sure that the pronunciations that I have are correct. Oddly enough, the same thing will happen April 5th at the United Center. There is an open practice for the four schools that will be in the frozen four. Same procedure. Get your pronunciations in advance and then finalize them on the date. And then we're ready to go. We, we talked about the White Sox gig. How did you, another one that takes up a ton of your time is the Blackhawks piece. And, you know, we know how you probably love to wear the, have the, the championship ring and stuff like that. It's great to be involved with a, a great organization like that. How did that one come about? They approached me because of having done White Sox games as a fill-in for Harvey Wittenberg. Okay. Another former Illini. Mm-hmm. So I was his backup for three years. And then in 2001, uh, they, decided, they decided to make a change. And I came in full time. You also do commercial work. As I mean, much act- as possible. Right. And, yep. and actually, so going back to that, you were talking about how you do pre-records. So for people listening uh, that haven't been to Gene's place and don't know this already, <laughs> you, have a, you have a studio and yep. built out one of the bedrooms of your condo yep. that has a full... Uh, it's a nice setup. It's recording setup. When I set it up, the goal was to have something that could produce material that was broadcast ready. Mm-hmm. That was the benchmark for me to be able to at least continue doing what I was doing before. Because the last 10 years that I was at Light FM, I was the production director. So, and of course, being Japanese American means I love electronic toys. So you put the two together and you get playtime. Right. Transistors are our friends. Uh, Okay, I'm not touching any of that. Oh, come on. I'm giving you a fair shot here. (laughs) I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. Come on. (laughs) You want to play this game or not? No, I don't right (laughs) now. So you you have this set up at home, so you can also do commercial work. Yes. So, you know, again, uh, I think people be curious of, you've got, and there's times this time of year, not Almost overlapping, White Sox, Blackhawks, yep. Final Four, yep. Frozen Four, adding into that mix. Uh, Shamrock Shuffle is that yep. that weekend. You All right, do- so the ones you just brought up, what's interesting is the studio has been buzzing uh, because there were pre-records for Shamrock Shuffle. I will be out of town when they're running that this year. There are pre-records for the NCAA. Those were done already. There were pre-records for the White Sox to gear up for the season. Uh, those were done. There are some Blackhawks pre-records that had to get done, not just for the presentation at the United Center, but for our watch parties, which we do at various locations. And a lot of those have to be pre-recorded to be able to put it in their hands so they can then sync it up with whatever video presentation they're using. So that all had to get done in advance. That's done. Come Monday... Uh, there will be a session for the NCAA, as I said, to help pre-record materials for their salute Thursday night in Phoenix. So there's there's quite a bit of stuff to be done. Right. And now when you're – so at a Sox game, how much of that stuff these days is pre-record versus live reads and, of course, the lineup and those things, certainly, but – Yeah, that, that has to be done live. Is it a – kind of a split? Is it more it's, still no, it's, live? It's heavily weighted to live. It is still heavily weighted to live. Because there's still enough things that change on a game-to-game, situation-to-situation basis. And that makes sense. Um, but the stuff that's pre-recorded, they're nice enough at both places to do that for two reasons. One, if you have to marry it up to a video. 
two would be there can be so much of it that they give me a rest. <laughs> well, the, the, right. I mean, there is some of that, that it could be, especially probably pregame, right? Because pre-game it's back especially. to back to back to back yeah. to back. And that may not be doing anybody any good Mm-mm. versus you could, okay, here's a pre-record gives you, you know, yeah. a 30, 60 second break. You're right. And, you're right. right. My doing five or six in a row can take away from the five or six different advertisers, sponsors, or items that we're trying to promote. Break it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that makes more sense, too. When I walk up at, at now guaranteed rate, you'll hear, you know, announcements about what you can and can't bring into the ballpark yeah. or whatever, and you're not also reading those. No, I'm not doing those live either. <laughs> right? right? It would kill you, probably, because oh, there's so much of that stuff. But we that's ju- the beauty now, and particularly the home studio piece, and even like we're talking about here with this basic kind of podcast setup, you can have that home studio and make yourself you available that you can then electronically ship those files to right. whatever, the radio station or the team or whoever you're doing your work for. Yeah. I give Gene a lot of crap about this because I, th- I think he's terrific about it and should market himself more. But you don't have an agent. No, never You have. don't even have a, a voice website. I have website. a phone number. I, have a webs- I don't have a website. I have an email address. Right. No, yeah, luckily I've been able to do a lot of things, uh, pardon the pun, by word of mouth. <laughs> Um, and I'm not going to pardon that. that was oh, terrible. come on now. <laughs> if you wouldn't play earlier, you got to play now. Um, I do commercials for a few clients. Uh, C.J. Wilson Mazda, Loyola Medical Center. I, you're right. I, I'd like to expand and do more, but I'm busy, which is good. No, right. And you like what you're doing, and you're a pretty, pretty busy guy. And so it's not like you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs, but some nights, yeah. some nights, but that's okay. I yeah. mean, we were, we were joking about that earlier about tonight's a Friday night and you're going to take it off. And I'm like, wait, what? You're not working. There's a Hawks. No, no. It's no. just, you actually aren't going to do any work tonight and just hang out. And that's part of what, otherwise your job is involving that working oh, yeah. a game at night, putting mm-hmm. spots together, doing pre-records. Even on top between of, now and the time I get on board that plane to go to Phoenix, right. there was a Blackhawks watch party Saturday night. There was a watch party Monday night. There was a watch party Wednesday night. Right, and you're there, and there's and often there. there's trivia and there's other announcements things. and things, so, and so that's all incorporated yeah. into what you're doing for yeah. the Hawks. And so there's you aren't sitting around twiddling your thumbs. Right. But if you want to hire Gene, Gene Honda at Comcast.net, and he'll do a great job for you. Now, see, and I'll respond too. By the way, he, he will. He will. It may not be. Within thirty seconds, but he will definitely. No, I'm get not back that to you. quick at that. Um, and you know, do you? There are other things that you do too. That uh, even kind of passion projects or anything like any kind of charity work or you know those kinds of things. Do I'll you do stuff for friends like that. A, a very good friend of mine uh, is doing a charity event here on April twentieth for Alzheimer's Foundation, and they've asked me to come MC that, and I was more than happy to help him for that. There's the stuff I do for. WTTW uh, for PBS, uh, which is wonderful. It's it's a ton of fun. It it's a great outlet for me because you hate being pigeonholed with just. And I shouldn't well, do mean it, but with just one area. No, right. Wanted to ask you about that. Is you're on air? I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking voice work. You're on camera. Had you had you done other camera work before that? Again, part of that uh, master's degree time in Champaign happened to coincide 
with cable television coming into oh, the Champaign-Urbana yeah, area. Right, of course. They were looking for local programming. And I got approached, would you like you ho- we'd like you to host a TV show. I go, well, I don't know what, a darn thing about <laughs> right. television. We'll teach you. Okay, sign me up, right? And if it weren't for that, there's no way I get to walk into the studio over there. Well, you've was, also done Chicago. Um, what Chicago was Chicago Works, which Chicago was for Works the Mayor's Office, City of Chicago interview and stand up yep. stuff too. Yep. But get, building more confidence, experience. Well, that polished yeah, voice. that came off the Channel Eleven work. Yeah, um, I went to an audition once for a completely different client, and I ran into Cheryl Hamada, who was also one of the pledge hosts at Channel Eleven. She too is Japanese American. We exchanged cards. And about two weeks later, she called me and said, I don't know if you'd ever be interested in doing Pledge at Channel 11, but they're looking for an Asian male. But that's how that came about for Yeah, Channel but you want to I've been 100% qualified for a job in my life. <laughs> I met both criteria. <laughs> that's it. Asian male. That's Boom. it. Done. Yep. It does look like you're having fun. Yep. I mean, then again, I don't know. Being around you, I don't know really when you're not having fun, but but I mean seriously, it's, it's tax season, so there's your first clue. Yeah. No, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy. So one other piece, and we talked a little bit about it about advice to people, and I don't mean it necessarily just for recent grads or college students, but I mean I think it applies to a lot of people. Even I mean I see myself in that situation that would think it would be fun to maybe change careers or dabble in these kinds of things. Besides the obvious of just, you know, trying, you know, put that tape together, try to get some reps. Are there things that you tell people to build on doing those things? Depends on how old they are. If they're college students, you can tell them one thing. Once they get older, though, it gets tougher. Mm -hmm. And you almost feel like you're the one holding the pin to burst a bubble. You almost have to. Like I said, we're in Chicago. This is the third largest market in the country. And people feel like, well, they, they can train people here, can't they? No. Toughest thing, I, I equate broadcasting to baseball in that, you know, in the history of Major League Baseball, which is over 130 years, do you know how many people have played Major League Baseball? Not many. Take a guess. Oh, come on. Don't do this to me. Why not? Well, there's, I got to do the math and I'm not range. Just man. do a number. Uh, 60,000. Closer to 19,000. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm thinking every year multiplying it, but but, yeah, but there's guys but that are playing 5, yes. 10, 15, 20 years. Right. It's really only 19,000. Yeah. And the funny Holy thing cow. is is that you think of all the people who grew up playing baseball, all the people who wanted to play, but there's even a smaller percentage and number of players who went straight to the major leagues. Everyone plays in the minors. You're going to play in some city that Rand McNally's never heard of. You're going to play in some small town. That may or may not have a radio station, and it's the same for broadcasting. What's toughest to explain to people is that as they're older, you can't start here in Chicago. You're going to have to start in, if you're lucky, in Champaign, which is, I think, still the 86th market in the country. It was 82nd before, I think. You're going to be lucky if you start in anywhere that's in a top 100 market. You have to start on the air someplace. Mm -hmm. So if you're older, if you're 25, 35, 45, and you're here in Chicago and think, you know, I might be good on the air. Okay, where do you want to move to? At least for college students, it's a little easier. And it, it dawned on me years ago that 
it's tougher when we're older because we're trying to start something at age 18 or age 28. Whereas for baseball, you started when you were five. Yeah. So take away those years from 18 to five and look how much catching up you've got to do. And at age right. 18, you're still not going to play in the majors. Right. You're going, you're going to one of those Rand McNally cities. Mm-hmm. What, uh, you know, we talk about this being part of the painless networking group. Uh, so maybe we'll talk for a sec about painful. Is there any, <laughs> is there any painful uh, things that you've seen out there that you would say, don't, don't do, that. do that? I don't know. More so I tell students especially. Don't say no. Uh, if I would have said no to a lot of things I did back in Champaign, there's a lot of things I couldn't be able to do now. Example, uh, you're starting in radio. You're hoping to get a better shift and sort of move up that way. Then all of a sudden, the funny thing is you want to do a remote. You want to be asked to go to the store and broadcast from there, and it's great. But I've seen many people do this. It happens a lot. You leave the comfort of an enclosed studio with not a lot of people looking at you. And now you're in a shopping mall where everyone's looking at you. How are you going to react to that? Luckily, I did a lot of remotes back there in Champaign. So doing things like watch parties, emceeing charity events, doing Channel 11, all those experiences tend to meld together. Don't say no. You may not like it afterwards, but there's only one way you're going to find out. May not like it during, Absolutely. right? But that's actually part of the, I, I think yeah. a lot of that, 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 that's part of the learning experience. Like, okay, well, how can I avoid that yeah. next time? And that, not that I, you avoid doing the situation, but you're going to end You'll up in that situation. And no, okay, I don't need to go down that road next right. time. And you're well, you learn from it. it. You figure, okay, you know, that wasn't bad, but I could do it better. Yeah, Here's how. yeah, exactly. Sure. But, or... You may even hate that, and you won't do that again, yeah. but it becomes something like, oh, well, I can apply that to the next time. Like, yeah. okay, I have to go this way because of what I learned here, and I, I never thought that I would take that and apply that over to this situation. I think that's part of what you're saying. Yeah. The, no one, I have yet to meet anyone in this business who loves listening or watching air checks, but you got to do it, and, and it helps to either reinforce what you've done well, but more importantly, what did you do wrong? Or what could you do better? Best and worst part for me with the podcast don't is hate editing it? it. It's brutal. Oh, I don't want to hear myself. No, I hate that. And see, I'm going to edit. I all still this, hate that. I'll edit all this part out because nobody else wants to hear me either, right? Because I sound like a oh. goofball. By the time you're done editing this, we're going to both sound alike. What are you worried about? <laughs> any other? Even it could be anything from words of advice, or did we not talk about anything else? You know, I think just in this conversation alone, I think back. What would have happened if they said, "Well, we'll teach you how to do television"? Uh, what would happen if I said no? Uh, what would happen if I didn't agree to do certain things back in Champaign or, or uh, didn't apply for that opening with the White Sox in 1985? Uh, don't say no. It's saying no, or it's, and it's, it may not, you may not even be being asked, right? There's some of it, like the tape thing, sending that off to the White Sox. Nobody, you, you could have, there's a lot of people, and my, I can see myself included with that, that's just like, ah, they'll never pick me. And don't send it. Yeah. And like you said, you had a little bit of that going, I just want to be a, you know, it'd be great to be a finalist. It'd be nice to, get to be one of the top three or top five. Yeah, even. whatever, right? As like, it turns out, I was one of the top five. They went and listened to all the tapes. And I found out this story. It's funny. Years later, you get to hear these little bits and pieces. They had five finalists. They had a much smaller staff there at the White Sox. 
the gentleman who was in charge of the search, went around with a boombox and played the five finalists of different people and then had them vote. So here is the funny part, too. No one knew what I looked like. There was no <laughs> photo included. Thank in the God. Old that was park, a smart move on your part. Oh, it still is, <laughs> even if I'm doing television. Um, <laughs> in the old park, you walked in at the ground floor, and the offices were upstairs. I go to the security desk on the ground floor. Hi, I'm here to see so-and-so. By the time I had walked upstairs, the security person had called up and said, you should see what the new PA announcer looks like. <laughs> now, okay, so you're already focused, a little nervous, walking up the stairs. When I hit the office, I see people's eyes peering over the top of their cubicles. And I go, oh, I know what just happened Because <laughs> <laughs> they weren't expecting to put this face with that tape. But that's the beauty of it. Sure. That's the you want equal it. opportunity, I mean, there it is. Right? That's the beauty of it. Yeah. And you look at, I mean, that to me is a, is, a, is a credit also to the White Sox. And you see it today with Jason Benetti, who I'd love to, I want to get him on this podcast. But if you judged him, you know, on face value or, or not on face value, I mean, on, on you know, image or a picture or He's something. He's one of the nicest, most intelligent but, people you could ever have a but conversation with. But if you with. judge him off his work, yeah. which is what should be done. Exactly. There's no, I mean, he was, he's the perfect guy for that job. Yeah. And good thing for the White Sox that it isn't, you know, taking some of these BS things into the equation. They hired the best person for the job. They hired a great guy for the job. Yeah. Really. You're going to hear Gene a lot coming up in the next few weeks, wherever you are in Chicago. You're going to hear him Final Four. You're going to hear him. You go to the Frozen Four games. You're going to hear him at the new, new named Guaranteed Rate Ballpark. And hopefully for a lot of Blackhawks Stanley Cup playoff and games. And hopefully all the way through June at the United Center. All so, the way up to and leading to the NHL draft at the United Center. That's that's. Are you working on that, too? I have no idea. Oh, I that mean, one isn't? <laughs> I have no idea. He probably um, will be. You know, well, I was asked to sort of keep the dates available, and then as it turns out, I said, okay, I'm going to be fine on June 23rd for day one of the draft, but I'm busy June 24th because there is a White Sox home game on the 23rd. And there's also one on the 24th, and that's the day we're retiring Mark Burley's jersey number. Oh, wow. I am not missing that day. No, that's going to be – that place will be packed. Yeah. That will be a fun one. I to miss that day. Uh, that's quite a schedule coming up, Gene. We're not going to be able to miss you. But now we know a little bit more about the man behind the voice, so I very much appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining me on the Painless Podcast. Thanks for uh, having fun with another Illini. That's right. <laughs> ILL, baby. I and I. Well, I hope you enjoyed that painless podcast session with good man Gene Honda. Great professional, and as you can tell, simply great human being. Always a great guy and, uh, and always enjoys company. So thanks, Gino, for sitting in with me on uh, uh, last Friday to do this. Hope you all enjoyed it. If you've got potential work for Gene, as you said in the podcast, you can email him, genehonda, comcast.net. If you like this episode, hope you did, make sure you subscribe, scroll back in that feed, check out some of the other episodes as well. TK Gore, Chris Reuter from Spikeball, Stephen Bardo, John Lewicki from McDonald's, back to the beginning with Nancy Armour from USA Today Sports, 
some good stuff and we've got a bunch more good episodes not just good great episodes coming up so definitely subscribe we really appreciate it and uh, any feedback at all painlesspod at painless.network thanks for sending stuff our way and until next time it's chris hartwig saying stay connected friends